And we're back. So we are live in the studio with Tim Kraft. Hi, I'm Tim Kraft. So uh, Tim is performing at a show on Saturday, um, but he's been around Cyber for a while, so it's cool that you're on. Yeah, uh, you know, it's cool to be on. I'm very happy to be doing shows in the greater Sudbury area. It's a small scene, but very charming. Can we jump into that a bit? Because I feel like, I mean, you and I have, well, you've been in comedy for a while, and I've started getting into being around it a bit more. But I feel like it's such, it's one of those hidden gems. It is a hidden gem, but it's also like a hidden fool's gold, if that makes sense. Because, you know, you go to these shows and it'll be an open mic and you'll see some really good talent. And other times you're just kind of holding on to the arms of your chair. But uh, I definitely recommend everybody see one. It's definitely worth seeing. <laughs> <laughs> that's, and that's a challenge with comedy, right? Like, some people might not be funny. Yeah. Well, most of when they start. I mean, I when I started, that was awful. I mean, I still could be. I don't know who we're comparing to. But I, I do like the idea that when I bring up Sudbury Comedy Scene, I'm like, it's worth at least seeing, <laughs> you know, not like the actual, go to a show, it'll be a great time. That would actually be interesting, because I've, I've always been curious about your shows, because you've done a lot, and you've built, you've built up a community base, but you're right, like, it's tough to get sponsors from those major people, like, yeah. even if you can guarantee a draw. Yeah, it's weird in Sudbury, I guess, because when you do comedy, not only are you doing comedy, but you're producing a lot. So it's like a different avenue that I don't want to go down, but kind of have to. So like a lot of the times to have to put on a show, you got to find ways to attract people, whether it be with the legitimacy of the sponsor or, you know, trying to get other people to move tickets for you. But it's a, it's a whole train, man. It's a crazy train. It really is, yeah, and like, it's just, and getting people to commit to come in is just a whole other level of challenge, too. Uh-huh. You know what I love, and if anyone's listening, what you should do, take a first date to a comedy show. It's the best, you know, because, like, you feed off the energy, and first date energy is just cringy already, so it's just going to make this great, weird exchange of energy and Bring dates to comedy shows, because then we'll sell two tickets for one. You would. Uh-huh. And you'd, like, that would be that would be fantastic, too. You know, like, you'd cringe on the date. Yeah. But yet, you're also cringing at the comedian, so you, you wouldn't know whether it's an awkward vibe or it's a comedian, you know? Uh-huh. It's a good scapegoat if the date's going bad. You're like, I was having a good date. But then this comedian started talking about, you know, what, his dick or whatever they talk about. Can I say that on here, or...? What's uh, yeah. the language barrier? It happened now, so it's fine. <laughs> okay, so as long as I say it and then ask after. Yeah. I got it. <laughs> as long as you just, like, say that you're technically not responsible, you know? Yeah, just disclaim at the end and it'll be good. See, that's probably why I can't get that Bud Light sponsor, because I'm up here talking about dick jokes. <laughs> that's it, yeah. You're up on stage and they're just like, no, we, yeah. we don't want that. <laughs> but that's, when it comes to writing jokes... Huh. Do you actually think about what will work for all ages, what will work for the Asylum on Tuesday? Well, the Asylum on Tuesday, if you're writing for that, you're just going to be as dark and as weird as you can because you're playing with seven other comics in a basement with a prison cell beside you, which there's no context to that and there doesn't need to be. <laughs> it's just what it is. <laughs> yeah, but uh, 
I guess the writing process would be different for everybody, right? Uh, everybody is going to approach it, whether it's something personal to them or they're writing in reaction to something they saw, or maybe they just have like funny little entendres in their head that they want to share with people. But it's, uh, it's, it's reflective at the least, I guess, generally. And you can say like, uh, if you're a painted with a broad brush, you would say it's just a reflective process. But you're not, you're not really worried about where you're going to have to perform it as much. Some people would. I mean, if you're going to be doing corporate gigs or if you're, say, a cruise ship comedian, you can't go up there and, you know, talk about dick. <laughs> but <Yeah. laughs> but uh, if you're going to be touring and doing dive bars, you probably write whatever you like. You might even grease it up a little bit because you're in dive bars. Yeah, because the vibe there is fine. Yeah, Those. well, people are people. Are people <laughs> if that makes sense. Like, everybody in the world has heard swear words. They've heard profanity. So if you were to go on stage and use it in the right way, it's not like you're going to be alarming the general public. It's just if it's if you're opening for um, a magician on a cruise ship where there's kids, maybe you don't want the kids to watch HBO that early. Yeah, probably not. <laughs> and especially when, you know, like, kids might be okay with some words, but the content, too, it's just they might not even have the context. Unless, because there are diabolical kids, right? <laughs> there are it's like the anxiety of the parents like don't reconfirm to my kid what I don't know is already confirmed with him because they have the internet right yeah like I'm sure maybe my parents when they were like 12 they couldn't get onto the internet and see the gruesome hellhole that it is but now you know kids who are 6 or 7 they're on iPads as soon as you turn away they're turning off telecopies you know what they're doing and they have YouTube <laughs> which is yeah. just you know like uh, was the film that just came out recently where it's I think like three eight-year-old kids that swear as much as adults do. Yeah, I think as a kid though, I swore more, just because I thought it was fun. You know, it's like cool. It makes me feel like an adult. Not anymore. Now I'm like, well, people don't want to hear that as often as I thought they did. Yeah, no one wants to hear a curse word. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh -huh, yeah, that's... I remember that too. When I was like, when you're in the, especially as a teen. You're kind of like that early teenager years. You're so excited to be able to swear and get away with it, kind of. Yeah, which, I mean, it's a liberation we all face one day. <laughs> there comes a time in everyone's life where they just start cussing it up. But uh, eventually, the tides turn, and you develop as a human being. And you actually mature. Mm -hmm. Is there that... Do you still have that, like, child, like, youth, like, feeling with comedy? Or oh, do you feel like you... <laughs> I'm the silliest guy you know, Kyle. Uh, I know that. <laughs> I mean, that's a given. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I, I'm, like, childish, but at the same time, I'm also a human being, so I'll be goofy as hell, and then other times I'll just be sitting down eating chips watching TV like everybody, you know? I think everybody does that. Yeah. <laughs> if you don't eat chips and watch TV, you're the weird one. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, if you're eating vegetables and watching TV. Those are, health nuts freak me out a little bit, you know? Because, like, what are you, because, <laughs> like, if you're a health nut, you're, you're clearly, you're, you're very conscious of how you are looked and how you're portraying yourself. And what are you hiding beneath that? You it's know? true. Is there, like, like, sure, I'm eating celery right now, but between the wallboards, there's chips. <laughs> they're in the back of a, in a of a cupboard 
just waiting for the day that you don't that you run out of celery. Yeah. Oh, speaking of uh, speaking of health nut and junk food, on my way here, I went to Five Guys, right? Because I'm a Five Guy type of guy, you know. <laughs> and you just yeah. <laughs> so I went to Five Guys, and I have this bag of fries now. I call it a bag of fries because Five Guys they don't put it in the container. They basically put it in the container and then just dump that shit upside down into your bag. So I had this bag of fries, right? This greasy brown sack of fries. And I'm going towards the red light. And I didn't see it was red because I was really pumped up a little. You were stoked for fries. fries. I was eating a couple, to be honest, you know? Slam on the brakes. Five guys hits the dash. Now I've got fries from five guys all over my floor. And, uh... My car never smelled better, <laughs> but uh, I still ate them. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so the lesson there is that there's uh, there's there's nothing better than the smell of Five Guys fries. That's true. Also, I feel like I'm an airhead. I'm talking about Five Guys fries. Like I just tell this non pertinent story to anybody's life. <laughs> hey, maybe it's a good like it's a good promotion for Five Guys. It could be. Maybe that's the sponsor I need. <laughs> Maybe. Just like keep just keep this one 30 second clip of audio. Uh-huh. Let me ask you this. This is a very important question. Um, bacon and milkshakes. That is interesting. That's like <laughs> Five Guys does that, dude. Bacon and milkshakes. You know how high you have to be to sit there on your couch and think, you know what I need in this milkshake? Bacon. And do you not have to like? Do you, have, do you know? Like, I feel like you have to be so committed to bacon. You would really have to be because bacon ain't easy to cook. It's no. greasy. It's a big cleanup too. You gotta dice it so it fits through the straw. You know, and it can't be overcooked. It can't be overcooked either because you don't want a crispy milkshake. That'd be weird. And uh, and this topic is brought to you by Five Guys. <laughs> yeah, Bud Light sponsors us all. <laughs> Uh, but actually, like when it comes to event organization, mm-hmm. like I mean, there's... we just jumped to a serious topic. Yeah. <laughs> three minutes of five guys talk. So now uh, the state of the government. <laughs> so now the government has changed, and uh, they're probably not going to eat five guys. But uh... <laughs> got them. <laughs> That's how you separate you from a politician. You yeah, eat, you eat five guys. They eat other places. <laughs> that are that I'm not thinking of. <laughs> they eat uh, whatever they need, like flies when they unzip their faces at the end of the day and reveal they're just lizard kids. Exactly. Uh-huh. But you were asking a serious question. We could go back to that. I guess there should be some goals here. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I suppose. Uh, but like, I guess for like w- when you do a show, and if like you're trying to find sponsors, bring people in, and you want to make sure it's a vibe like this where it is really fun and casual. But do you find it difficult to actually make it so that there's a balance of the crowd taking the comedian seriously, but yet they also have what we're, what this is here, where it's just very super chill? I'm not sure I fully understand, because like the, the premise of that is assuming that it's not the comedian's onus, right? So the comedian needs to go up there and do what they do. If they don't, then the crowd's going to take them like how they're presenting themselves. You know, it's like a very, it's it's a very feedback-driven thing. So when a comic goes up there, if they're not demanding the crowd's attention, if they're not funny, then the crowd's going to respond that way. And honestly, I think it's 
good that that happens because it's an honest opinion on what you're doing and then you can reflect later and maybe fix it or you know quit wallow and eat some chips on your couch yeah because then the comedian knows that they they need to change things and the crowd can also can actually make the show what they want it to be uh-huh well the crowd kind isn't of. gonna make the show what they want it to be because uh, <laughs> if that was the case you'd have like the weirdest comic ever you know you have like a spinning bow tie, uh, an accent that's a shtick, and then also be like an old naughty person, you know? It would be uh, it would be a mix of everyone's ideas at once. But when it's just one person who's creating the uh, the actual show, you know, like when you you have your freedoms when you're when you're presenting, whether it's in comedy or anything, mm-hmm. you take your uh, you take your artistic integrity out of your back pocket and you just throw it at the audience and. From there, you get an honest reflection on it. <laughs> yeah, because it's like they grab their sword and just just try to imitate Fruit Ninja for a couple hours. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure I understand that metaphor, but Fruit Ninja, great game. Played it a lot. <laughs> and I can explain it, but I don't really have the five minutes that I feel like it would take. <laughs> Dude, that's a deep metaphor. <laughs> if this takes that was minutes. surprisingly. <laughs> That's a, no, but I think you're right, because I found that with poetry and just general arts events, like you, you can be creative and artistic, but in the end, you just have to hope it hits almost. Yeah. Yeah, that's about right. (laughs) I mean, you try to aim, of course. It's, I'd like to think it's not just throwing Hail Marys when, uh, whether, whatever it is you're presenting, right? You should have some sort of idea of what people want but at the same time a lot of the times when I've said stuff on stage it's stuff I don't even think is good and then that's where it gets the laugh so it it's kind of uh, it's surprising sometimes sometimes you're doing a run play and then the Hail Mary gets you a touchdown yeah sometimes this works out we're a very metaphorical group here <laughs> we are you've uh, whoever's listening while you're doing your office work You've uh, you've heard some solid metaphorical chat. Mm-hmm. Never a science north. Never even been to science north. How not Sudbury is that? That is strange. I've never been to the Big Nickel because I've seen it from entering town, and I'm like, oh, that's just gonna get bigger as I get closer. You know? And it's really not anyway. Yeah, like you I, walk up to it and you're like, oh, it's twice my height. Cool. <laughs> I look at the Big Nickel like similarly to how I look at the moon. Like people want to be astronauts and go to the moon. I don't. You know, the last thing I want to do is go up there just to see the thing I can already see, but way too big to actually see the whole thing. It's true. Uh-huh. <laughs> but Science North is a bit different, you know, because, like, you can actually explore all the rooms. and That's true. I just have some grievances with the moon that I was displacing into a, a metaphor. <laughs> You're watching, like, the moon landing footage? It's fake. <laughs> it is, dude. You've, you've seen it, right? Absolutely, yeah. The guy's flo- he's, he's floating. The gravity isn't that... The gravity should... Well, I, I'm not a... I mean, yeah, <laughs> I mean, Joe Rogan, I'm sure, has had a guest on that made a solid case for you. Probably explains it a lot better than I do with just jumping at my emotions about it. Yeah, you had a purely emotive argument. That was it. Uh-huh. I was like, I feel this way, and then backed it up with no substantial uh, evidence. <laughs> if you want to... Be we'll see Tim on stage and meet him and congratulate him for coming to Science North for the first time in his life. 
<laughs> you can, uh... Congratulations, you've made it to Science North. <laughs> you've made it to that Subway standard. Maybe one day, when you make it real big, you'll make it to Science South. <laughs> and on that note, uh, and then also, thank you for Tim for coming on last minute to really to help get the word out about comedy and him and well we talked about five guys and five guys (laughs) so uh shout out to five guys for the free pump promo they just got honestly listening five guys if you're listening and you hook me up with a free fry because the light i would be dope Mm -hmm. because you need that reparation (laughs) i do so thanks for listening and i'll see you next week on the music profit